Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. And big news don't forget to log on to the speakingoftravel.net website. There you'll find photos and links to all the podcasts. It's really a lot of fun. And no passport required. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. You know, Vincent Van Gogh once said, what would life be if we had no courage to attempt anything? Really, the path to gain knowledge could be as simple as taking a class or reading a book. But you know what? Travel experiences are really the best way to expand your mind and maybe even discover your own meaning of life. Well, my guest today was born and raised in Waverly, Iowa. Now, that's about as Midwest as you can get. (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. But Tamara Lee stepped out of that familiar zone and began a path of self-discovery, which always includes travel. Tamara is the communication manager for a local nonprofit, and she recently reignited her spark for travel and adventure after spending a month in Fiji and New Zealand. Awesome, Tamara. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I was lovely. What a beautiful introduction. Well, thank you. I'm just so glad to see you here in the studio and to have our conversation that you and I have had many times. Yes, we have. Tamara and I go way back. We're good friends. And I have to say, Tamara, you are an inspiration to me. You always seem to be stepping out and doing something that just blows my mind. Like, I don't know. What's up with that? Tell us a little about when you were growing up. Would you, like, drive the tractor? (laughs) Well, we were country, but we weren't quite that rural. I was an in-town gal. Um, But no, I just had a, a, a good, wholesome upbringing there living in the Midwest. You know, quite honestly, um, good schools, good friends, kept things pretty simple. You know, you just could trust on your neighbors and, and you just lived your life. That's nice. So when you were growing up, did you travel much when you were a kid? Well, travel by camping. You know, we were a camping kind of family. So, yeah, we'd, we'd get in the camper and we'd take it a, maybe a couple hours away from where we lived. I think Wisconsin Dells was our biggest place we ever went from, my little town. And, um, yeah, but camping was our major piece of traveling. That's so lovely. You know, when I was a kid, we, did, we didn't we did do so much camping, uh, but we would do these little day trips outside mm-hmm. of D.C. Uh, the, my dad was really into Civil War, so we would go to Civil War sites and do things like that. And again, I think that kind of wholesomeness of... The yes. family being together, sharing these adventures. And I'll tell you, I've never been to Wisconsin Dells, but I've heard it's quite lovely. Well, I think I was eight at the time, so my memory is, mm, you know, from an eight-year-old. But we did take one other trip out to the Black Hills, um, which was a lovely car ride out there. We saw Sturgis Festival, a lot of motorcycles out there while we were out touring. Um, so it was that was a lovely trip as well. Well, okay, I know it's early to segue into motorcycling, but <laughs> bingo, you just brought that up. Yes. And I know that just last year... Here you took a class, you know, here's Tamara. Hey, you know, um, 
I think I'm going to take a motorcycle class and learn how to drive a motorcycle. I was like, you know, most people just take a pottery. What's up with that? <laughs> right? Well, honestly, ever since Stur- I mean, really, I remember when we were in the back of a truck driving, watching these other bikes go by. I've always loved motorcycles. I've loved seeing them, riding on them as a passenger. And for years and years and years, I thought, I want to get my motorcycle license. But it just never felt the right time or place. And suddenly the right time and place came up. And AB Tech has a wonderful two-day course that they teach you all your basics on what you need to know to learn to ride a motorcycle. Step two, go buy a bike. So I did. Didn't really know what I was doing there, but had some good guidance from a friend. And the next thing I know, I have a bike and I'm out riding on the parkway. Tamara, that has just opened up everything for you. I mean, so many new connections. And and that's what I was talking about. In all the years that I've known you, you you never cease to surprise me sometimes. Uh, It's kind of, where's Waldo? Where's Tamara? Where's she going? Like, and you... You know, you do work for a nonprofit. You're mm-hmm. pretty solid. You mm-hmm. bought a house. You kind of settled down, yep. if you will. Yep. So what's it like when you uh, put on that helmet and, and go out on the parkway? What's it like for you now? Well, I was just out on Saturday, did a couple of hours on the parkway, um, came across a baby bear. You never know what kind of wildlife you're going to see when you're out there on the bike, especially on the parkway. And the views, I tell you, out there, being on the bike it, are just amazing. So that feel that I get is very alive. You're very in the moment which you have to be on a bike. Um, And I love going fast. I'm not going to lie. So I go a little bit above speed limit when I'm out there, which I'm happy with. Tamara. (laughs) We'll just keep it between us. That's right. (laughs) But it's so very freeing and it's a very in the moment pastime for me. I bet. And really, you know, how do you define a pastime? It's kind of a hobby, but at the same time, it becomes a lifestyle choice. Yeah. I mean, that's... You know, that's who you are. It's very brave. I I want to commend you. I Thank find you. that to be very brave. I I have to say, I remember when Tamara was taking that motorcycle class at AB Tech, and it was an all-day thing. Two full days, yep. Yeah, and then you had to, like, ride around mm-hmm. and... Cones and whatnot and do little tests and stop and short, and then they, got, they decided, can you pass or not, you know? So you're like, oh, my God, did I pass or did I not pass? And so you did. I passed. Yeah, which was great. So tell us real quickly about what kind of bike you ended up choosing. So I got a 2007 Suzuki S50. So it's an 800cc bike. So it's got some good power. Um, And it's cream colored. And it's got purple wings painted on the tank because the people that I purchased it from, she had a grandmother who had passed away. And when her grandmother passed away, she used some of that money that her grandmother passed to her and wanted to paint angel wings on the bike in honor of her grandmother. And so she named the bike Angel. And when I received the bike, bought it, I thought I would change the name. But a good friend told me, no, once the bike is named, you must keep it. And so now I think it's just me and Angel out there on the roads together. And I love it. I love it, too. That is the sweetest story ever. (laughs) And just give us an idea before we go on to break about what it was like for you. You bought the bike. And then going into the store and and doing the outfit. I mean, that's always, you know, I like to ride on bikes, too. I'm, you know, it's kind of a uh, not a pastime at this point, but hopefully someday maybe it could be. Yeah. But there's something about going into that store, any store where they sell motorcycle gear. It's like, Mm -hmm. man, you're in a bakery with, you know, fresh baked croissants. What's it like? (laughs) What was it like for you walking into the store and knowing I am doing this? Well, to be honest, I was a little intimidated because 
coats are tailored differently and the way they fit. And this was a new look. And I wasn't certain what was my look. You know, what am I going for here? But once we got to trying jackets on and I started learning what I liked and what, you know, what felt good, I was really happy with what I walked out of there with. And now when I walk into a bike store, it, intimidation was what I had originally felt. And now I feel like I'm just one of one of the people. I walk in there and I can't wait to see what new things they have, whether it's gloves or shoes or their tennis shoe boots or whatever their helmets are fun to look at and now i just embrace it all so walking out of there with my first set of gear was very exciting that is really exciting and you know as i as i brought up in the very beginning of um of the show what would life be if we had no courage Mm -hmm. to attempt anything and really being able to just step out of your familiar and i love how we can tie this back to your trip with your parents and your, you know, your siblings mm-hmm. and going over to Sturgis and being there during the bike rally and, and having that kind of imprinted, almost foreshadowing yeah, you're in right. your life. You're right. Mm-hmm. I just love that. Well, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there. I want to talk more about what it was like to transition out of Iowa mm-hmm. to start doing some traveling, how your kind of head spun around that. Is Absolutely. You were growing up. Yeah. Thank you, Tamara, for being in the show. Thanks. I just love that you're here in the studio <laughs> today. I feel like... You know, we're sitting on the back deck. This has been a long time waiting. A long time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm here in the studio today with my guest, Tamara Lee. Tamara is a communication manager for a local nonprofit here in town, and she and I have known each other for a long time. She just recently returned from a trip to New Zealand and Fiji. I want to talk to you about that. That seems to be on the other side of the world. We'll be back right after the break, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been here in Asheville calling 
this place home since 1979. So if you're looking for a house or a farm or a piece of land you want to build here in Western North Carolina, I'm telling you, stop by Appalachian Realty. Their little bungalow office is so cute. It's right off of uh, Charlotte Street on Arlington Place. It's the cutest little place, and the people are so nice. It's a perfect stopping off and jumping off point to find your your home here in Asheville. And remember, you can listen to Speaking of Travel anywhere, anytime, anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. So you really need to download that. And when you're sitting on a train or jogging or just sitting on a bench somewhere and you want to get inspired about travel, this is a place to come. So download that app or you could go to, easy enough, the Speaking of Travel uh, Facebook page or website, speakingoftravel.net, and there you'll find ways to listen to all the podcasts. Well, I'm excited. Today, I have Tamara Lee here in the studio with Randy. Randy and I are here. How's it going over there, Randy? Hey, we're making sure that y'all are sounding good. And yeah, you are. well, and you, are. you know, Tamara's been talking about her motorcycle days. Randy, did you ever have a motorcycle? A long time ago. You did. Long time ago. Yep. Yeah. So you can relate to what Tamara's sure talking can. about, right? I sure can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Tamara, you know, Randy grew up kind of in a Ah, you were in rural, a rural, yeah, yeah. kind of wholesome farm place. Farm setting, yeah. Farm I grew up setting. on a farm, yeah. Yeah. So, Tamara, tell us, how did you end up getting out? So, what, not that you were getting out. It wasn't like you have to find an escape, <laughs> right, Randy? Well, I started to okay. say, radio was my flight out of the farm, you know, what right. was yours? <laughs> yeah. How did that work out, Tamara? Well, so, when I graduated high school, I went to college at Iowa State University for a design degree, and I learned... While there, I went into the International Travel Center or um, whatever that building was that showed all the different programs that they offer for studying abroad, working abroad, living abroad that come through the college. And I came across a program where you were able to go live over in different countries. I chose London or Europe or England, sorry, and went over there and did a work program for a summer my senior year of college. So I went over there for my senior summer and lived and worked and traveled while I lived in London with a bunch of other folks who were doing the exact same type of a program. And they all came from different parts of the country. Um, so I feel like we were the real world before they showed the real world really on TV because we were all living in a flat together, six of us, three guys, three girls, working, living, traveling in our young 20s, getting into trouble. Tamara, what a great story. I mean, talk about a jumping off point, right, Randy? I mean, <laughs> going from Iowa the middle of the country, basically, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then going to really? London, which is so vibrant mm-hmm. and um, exciting. Did you feel like that you just kind of fit in? I loved London. I absolutely loved it. The thing I loved the most about it was I loved being somebody who lived there full time and not being a tourist. Uh, You got to know the neighbors, the people, the local pubs. You didn't feel like you were only there for a one time shot. So you really got to sink in and, and be with the people. And so when I worked over there, I really got to know my coworkers really well. You know, we'd go out to the pubs on Fridays and I really enjoyed getting to know them versus, you know, a one off trip. How nice. That's really very special that you had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that was your senior summer. Correct. Yeah. And then you graduated. And then I graduated. And then what? And then real world settled in. Talk about real world. Right. <laughs> now what do I do? Yeah. So? Um, I had a good friend that went to college with me that went out to Washington, D.C. to become a nanny. 
And I did not ever see nanny in my future, but because of that travel experience, I knew I wanted to get out of Iowa as quickly as possible. And so this was the first, easiest, quickest way to get me out. So I went and lived in Falls Church, Virginia for a year with a family, and I nannied for their four and five-year-old sons. And that was an adventure in and of itself. It is. That is an adventure. Yeah. It wasn't anything I went to school for. (laughs) But after that work ended, I got a job in Crystal City, Virginia with a government contractor doing graphics, which is what I went to school for. So. So you kind of settled in there. I settled in there for a little while. It didn't hold me for more than a couple of years before I made my biggest move to Austin, Texas for 14 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, Let's talk a little bit about that time, though, when you were doing the nanny mm-hmm. and uh, and then working in the government contracted mm-hmm. job in um, right outside of D.C. Right. I mean, that I'm sure that that was a huge uh, kind of otherworldly adventure mm-hmm. right there. Growing up in simple Iowa and then living in the na- ne- next to the nation's capital had a big impact. I mean, just being uh, down around the monuments, being able to go there on the weekends, um, walking along all of those historical places and really getting that sense, the cherry blossoms in the spring, um, the Potomac. I mean, just all of those aspects, so very, very different from what I grew up with in, in again, small town Iowa. So, um, you know, driving over to the coast for to get, you know, go to one of the old crab shacks and sit and have that experience of pounding out the crabs with a couple of beers and your friends and doing that was something you would not have gotten in Iowa. <laughs> and so I really enjoyed that time. It sounds really wonderful. And, and again, you know, talking about how travel experiences are – the best way, really, to expand your mind, expand your worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did you feel that you were starting to maybe discover your own meaning of life, your own kind of like, where am I going to go from here? Because now I have a broader sense of culture. I believe after I did my big trip abroad, I feel that that was a tipping point or it it really set my tone. So coming out to D.C. followed through with that. I didn't ever feel that there was a moment where I would come back to Iowa, even though I did temporarily go back to Iowa for about two months between D.C. and moving to Austin, Texas. It was a little bit more of a transition. But but yeah, seeing the bigger world, getting out of your small town, having that international experience. My path was blazed at that point in time that I, I just wasn't going to go back for any length of great amount of time. Wow. You really were becoming your own person. Yeah. And um, and I have to give out, you know, kudos to the folks back up in Iowa mm-hmm. for instilling in you a sense of uh, independence, mm-hmm. uh, courage. I mean, things that are big that were probably just simply... Uh, presented to you and and shown to you. Right. I I always say this. I love going back to visit my family. I love going back to Iowa. If you've never been there, there's a simple beauty of it that I don't know if you can really, truly appreciate if you hadn't grown up there. And so I honor where I'm from. I'm happy that we chose to live there and that I was raised there as a child. And it was a great place for me to begin my life. But the rest of my life truly was somewhere else. Right. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that somewhere else. But before we go to break, let, let me ask you this. You were you were in Falls Church. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Falls Church, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's really um, a spe- it has a special place in my heart with my family. Right. And 
I always enjoy going back to visit there, and you're so close to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me a, a little teeny hint before we go to break. What was starting to go on that you were even thinking Austin, Texas? So this was back in the multi-level marketing days, and I started dabbling in a company called Equinox at the time and had started working with a lot of other people in that business. And that was big and fun and exciting, right? Uh, You went to trainings. Everybody was very excited. We sold water filters before people were selling water filters and herbs and delicious, you know, herbs, the the good kinds for you. (laughs) And... That also was a next piece because I was looking for another something to grab onto. And so I'd met people there. And one of the people I met there had moved on to Austin, Texas ahead of me about six months prior to me and always said, hey, if you're ever looking for another place to show up, I'll be down in Austin. A bunch of us Equinox people be there. Come on down. And so that was my entry into Austin. Wow. Well, when we come back, let's pick up right there because I've been to Austin. It's a great town. Obviously, you were there for 14 years. Yep. Let's hear about it. Well, thank you, Tamara, for being in the studio, being on the show today. This is so much fun. This is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by our good friends over at Appalachian Realty. And remember, you can go to the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net, and there you'll find links to all the podcasts. And I'll tell you, they're all a lot of fun, but we're having a blast here in the studio with Tamara Lee today. Tamara, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For being on the show. It's really fun. So before, as we're listening to your story here, you Mm -hmm. know, starting out, you're this uh, corn-fed girl from (laughs) Iowa. Mm-hmm. And you've made your transition. You went to London, and then you were in Falls Church and doing the nanny thing and the government. Right. <clears throat> then you went on to this woo 
you know, thing, and <laughs> now you're moving to Austin. Yes. So let's just pick up right there because okay. back then, I mean, if you lived there for 14 years, that was at least 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. What was Austin like back then? Well, population-wise, I can say this. They were hovering around the million mark, and now they've well kicked that quite a bit out. Um Austin is such and always has been such a lovely, lovely place. It's the hill country. It's it's lush. It's not like which the other pieces of Texas that people traditionally think about. It's 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 a bigger version of Asheville, quite honestly. So it's hip. It's groovy. It's liberal. It's so much live music. You know, great breakfast tacos. Love the breakfast tacos. And I mean, it was just a, such a lovely time for me. It was my late twenties into my 30s and made such good dear friends and we enjoyed margaritas we enjoyed being outside sweating our little bums off quite often and you know did a lot of running and town lake walking which is one of the main lakes what's called lady bird lake now but just spent so much time outdoors and it really was a very lovely and is a lovely space so you started to create your lifestyle yes i mean so here you had all your background all your history that you were kind of carrying around with you and Mm -hmm. starting to create tamra Mm -hmm. who we know and love now Mm -hmm. there in this very opening open and tolerant and and lovely environment yeah what was going on then i mean were you thinking i i I'm still feeling kind of this wanderlust and I need to get out or what was going on at that point? Uh, there wasn't so much wanderlust as far as leaving Austin. I felt pretty solid living there, but I worked for a production company for about three years. Uh, this production company, we would put on one day events or night galas or week long conferences for a lot of the high techs there in, in Austin. So the Motorola's, the IBM's, if they put on, a, you know, a conference for their employees or something of that nature, we came in and we set up the ballroom. We did all their breakout rooms. We did the visuals and the audio. And I was the graphics girl. Right. So I sit behind the black tent and who's ever out presenting on the big stage, you know, has their PowerPoint graphics up on both sides of the audience. And I'm back there with the one punching it. So, you know, they, they talk and I punch the graphic button. So for three years, I worked at this production company. And so we did a lot of uh, domestic travel because we do shows in Las Vegas. We do shows in New Orleans. We do shows in San Francisco, you know, and it was me and a bunch of guys, quite honestly. I was the one woman in the group and me and a bunch of my dudes. And we all were black and pushing a lot of carts around and setting up a lot of ballrooms. So it was a very fun time. But. We had our biggest client, IBM, which allowed us to travel internationally once a year. And so when we did that, we'd go to places like Rome for our one-week conference, or we'd go to um, Glasgow for a conference, or we'd go over to Tokyo for a conference. And so that allowed me to tack on extra days to those trips, which allowed me to do my own traveling with some of my coworkers or even by myself at some times. Wow. I I don't think I ever knew that about you, Tamara, that you were doing all that um, not just the domestic travel, but yeah. the international travel as well. So give give us an idea of what it was like when you would go to these other places and be there for a week. I mean, here you are, you're part of it, you know, building this event. So it's not like you're the tourist. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to your 
what you were talking about earlier about being in London and being able to hang out with the locals and do all of that. Did you find that kind of experience there? Yeah, because we'd be working with the local crews. They had to be the ones that we started with in order to do our lighting camera, etc. And part of my job was uh, I was the breakout coordinator. So I would coordinate with maybe 20 other local people that worked in those venues, and they would be my go-tos for my breakout sessions, picking up surveys, and so on. So I was I would be working in Italy with, you know, 20 young Italian men and women who would be the folks that I would be working for, for the or they'd be working for me for the week, and I'd be supervising them and getting all my paperwork from them, or in Tokyo, the same thing. And so other than the fact that you lived, breathed, and worked in a hotel for seven days, uh, intense hours, long hours... It, it was a little bit of a bubble, but once you got out of the bubble, you got it for some free time to go then explore. So, gee, Tamara, it must have been really a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, even with all the hard work, just being able to get out and, you know, stroll around. Was there a, a language issue? Did most people speak English? Yeah, no, it, the language, there wasn't an issue in the places that we went. Most of the people that were coming to the conferences, whatever location we were at, were English speaking. So not so much a problem there. Right. But the flavor, the accents, the um, the nuances of being around, you know, a culture different than your own were always the things that I, that I loved the most. And what did you love about that? I mean, give us some idea. What was it about being in different cultures? Was it um, just because it was not familiar yeah, uh, I think one of the things I learned on this most recent trip, what I, lo I loved being outside in an eatery and around me, the best thing I could have happen to me would be to not hear any other English speakers. So I would be hearing speakers with all these different accents. And to me, it, it would just it just piqued my curiosity. I wanted to listen in and hear these different tones and hear their different um, gestural qualities that they or watch their gestures and just watch how they interacted with one another. Um, and then as soon as you'd hear an American accent again, you'd be like kind of ping, you know, you'd be you'd pop out a little bit. And then you'd go do something else and you'd hear all the different accents again. And so I, I just have always enjoyed that. Do you find that now that you have a scope and I want to I want to segue too into your most recent trip because that was such a big trip and, mm -hmm. you know, talk a little bit about how that unfolded. But do you find that being with um, that you've had this life experience uh, where you were able to travel into different cultures that um, people are people wherever you go? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Everybody's living their own life in their own one small place. They might not think of themselves in it as an international location whatsoever. They just know that this is where I'm from. This is what I do. You know, when I go out hiking here in Asheville and I can tell that there's visitors out on the Arboretum hiking trail, I think the same thing. I think they're from someplace else. They're coming here, seeing this beauty, and we're all here, the ones that live here, you know, having our own experience. So it, it just depends on what, what lens you want to look through. But we're all just doing the best we can, living where we are, living our best lives. I think that's really a, um, a way to find world peace. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Tamara, let's, in the time we have remaining in, before the break, let's just kind of step off. Well, mm -hmm. why don't you just catch us up real quick? So you lived in Austin for all those 14 years, mm -hmm. but somehow you got here because here Correct. we are in my studio. Yes. So in a nutshell, what happened? Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to leave Austin because I could not handle the heat. I loved Austin, but the heat was just not for me. I wanted four seasons and I'd kind of kept my eyes open for other 
smaller towns that had a similar Austin feel. And Asheville came into my purview. I'd been through here once for a day for a conference, never saw any part of the town, but just had that minor experience and then had friends from Austin move out here and live about a year ahead of me. And when I was thinking where I wanted to go, I thought, aha, I know somebody out there now. And so that was my decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to sell my condo. Me and my dog are going to pack the car up, put ourselves in storage, and we're heading out there. Wow. Yeah, that is really amazing. And again, <laughs> you know, it. I keep going back to the very beginning with Vincent van Gogh. I mean, here this guy is saying, what would be, what would our life be like if we didn't have courage to attempt anything? And as someone who can't even rearrange the furniture in my house, you know, after 30 years, uh Hearing you talk about packing up the car with your dog and just leaving the place you've been for 14 years, I find that to be very brave and courageous, Tamara. So, well, thank you. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Well, when we come back, let's pick up and be in New Zealand and okay. and uh, talk a little bit about Hobbit World, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bet. Well, thanks, Tamara, for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm your host of Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. You're listening on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. And go to the speakingoftravel.net website so you can find all the links to all the podcasts and really get inspired about traveling like I'm feeling right now talking to my guest, Tamara Lee. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Tamara. It's just so great. You know, Tamara and I go back a long time since you really just... Since I first moved to Asheville. When you moved to Asheville. Mm -hmm. We've sat out on my back deck, your back deck, Mm -hmm. many back decks, just having conversations like this. (laughs) So I remember the the day that you just kind of mentioned again, here's Tamara, I'm going to go learn how to ride a motorcycle. (laughs) Here's Tamara. I'm going to go to New Zealand. Like, what? And I'm taking a month. Right. A month off of work. I was like, wow, have you been listening to my show? (laughs) (laughs) So what was going on, Tamara? 
New Zealand has been on my bucket list. You know, I have to say it probably did start. I'm going to get a little geeky here on people, but I I loved Lord of the Rings. Loved it. It was beautifully. Oh, my God. It was just shot so majestically in the scenes. Every time I watched that, I wanted to be there. I wanted to experience some of that. So that sat there in my brain for a while. Um, Life moved forward. I got to a good place. I got to a great business that allowed me to take a good amount of time off. And I said, okay, it's time. It's time to go to New Zealand. And so I put the word out to a couple of friends to see if anybody wanted to come with me. And I got a couple of takers, which was lovely. And so, yeah, I took the full month of March off, started going to Fiji, and then traveled through the North and the South Island. Um, and what an adventure it was. Tamara, I mean, I, I followed that trip. You were posting pictures and uh, you were there. You were in mm-hmm. that backdrop mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that unfolded. You you flew out to San Francisco, mm-hmm. picked up a friend. Yes. She's the one who traveled with me for a couple of weeks. So we'd been plotting, planning this for maybe a good six months, getting everything booked online individually, got all that figured out, went and picked her up. We flew from L.A. over to Nandi, Fiji, um, a lovely 10-hour flight. <laughs> Get there at about 6.30 in the morning, 6, 6.30. You walk off that plane, and the first thing that hits you is that kind of moist, warm, tropical air, you know, that you get. It's still dark, still dark coming to light around 6 o'clock, and headed right to the hotel. Of course, they weren't ready for us to check in yet, so we left our bags, walked out onto the beach, sat on their comfortable lounge chairs, and just kind of, you know, peaced out for uh, an hour or so. Did some shell walking, looking around for some shells along the waterside, Finally got into our rooms, and the next three days were just bliss, living in that area, going into town, um, you know, seeing the local culture, going out into some of the islands, some of the Mamanuka Islands, and going out there and experiencing just the beautiful crystal blue water that you only see in photographs. And um, yeah, it was it was beautiful. That sounds lovely. So let's let's back up just a bit. As you were planning, give us an idea. Uh, and this is a big trip. Mm-hmm. You're going to be gone for a month. Yeah. I mean, you got a dog. Right. You got your house. <laughs> you've got money. Uh, yeah. You know, how? give us an idea mm-hmm. of how long this process took. From the time I decided I was going to go, it was a full year, right? And so we really started nailing things down about six months with our flight before we went. We were going to go at Christmas, but that got pushed off a little bit. So we ended up going in February instead. And it was a lot of phone calls, texts between her and I. She's three hours behind me. I'm three hours ahead of hers. You know, that connecting, trying to put plans together. You book this. I book that. No, what did you get? Did you get this hotel? What do you think about these Airbnbs? All the logistics. And so, yeah, it took us a few months of getting all that down. We had our Google spreadsheet, right? So we could both access that Google spreadsheet, knowing who paid for what, who's got the bookings. So that was kind of our Bible that we traveled with to make sure we had everything taken care of, needed the numbers of wherever. Um, so that was a big piece. And, yeah, once we got those things all finally laid in um, about a month prior, it was just kind of like now we're just sitting here waiting, waiting to get on that plane. Wow. And and I know you had everything as Tamara would just <laughs> so uh, detailed. Yes. Like um, you were not – some people travel, and eh, I'm not going to have any, de- you know, I'm going to get there and I'll just make it happen. Right. Not you. No. You have everything really like 
boom, boom, boom. Yep. Here's how it's all going <laughs> to unfold. And but that's great because then you can just be right. We could just relax. Once I got all my details taken care of, had a good coworker friend. She stayed at my house for the month and took care of my little red dog while I was traveling. So the house and home front were taken care of, which allowed me to just go carefree and be playful. And playful you were. Yes. You started right there in Fiji. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. You didn't stop. No. So after those few days, which was must have been really cool because it seems like that would be a great way to kind of enter into mm-hmm. that new culture. Yes. On the fringe. Yeah. So you flew from there to where? So after three days in Fiji, we flew over to um, Auckland, landed in Auckland, did an Airbnb there for just one night. Um, and then we drove the next day over to Rotorua, which is over in the area where we went to the Hobbiton, um, became hobbits for the day. And so that was about a two and a half hour drive between those two places. Well, let's, let's just think about this driving issue. I mean, <laughs> yes. just the fact that you're on a motorcycle here in Asheville is like, okay, Tamara, that's brave. Uh, don't they drive on the other side of the road there? I mean, what's up? Yeah. My good friend opted to be the first one to go, and I supported her wholeheartedly as her navigator next to her. Um, so we went through the – where we got the car rental, actually, we, she did a few laps. And I said, you know what? You take your time. You take your time getting used to the other side of the road. And so as long as I had, you know, our directions and I told her where to go, we it was a, co, you know, co-system here. You do what I tell you, and I give you plenty of time to make sure you're in the right lane and you know how to turn and so on. We both had a few growing pains in our learning to drive on the other side of the road. Nothing horrible, but um, in one instance, yes, I did have some people follow me, pull me over, and because I turned a little abruptly into the wrong lane, and they gave us a little bit of a scolding until they found out we weren't from here and gave us a little bit of like a, okay, but really, y'all got to really y'all just you just got to get it together right <laughs> so at that point you were like okay we're gonna get into this and the trip went on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you were able to travel you went to the hobbit place mm-hmm. you became hobbits for the day we did and then you had other friends who met up with you mm-hmm. right yes yeah so in the south island i had a few of my other friends come and join us we stayed in a, um, a house so the six of us all stayed there and stayed for three days uh, that was in nelson New Zealand, and we went over to the Abel Abel Tasman National Park, National Forest, and spent some time kayaking, river kayak, or not river kayaking, but um, doing just the coastline, doing some nice hiking, checking out the wineries. That's where the Marlboro region is at. So we had a lot of good Sauvignon Blancs, sat outside, enjoyed the nice weather. Who doesn't love going to wineries for the afternoon? It all sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. So at that at the end of the trip, if I remember correctly, your friends were gone, mm-hmm. and there you were for a whole week, right? Yeah. And what was that like? It was a little shocking at first, just because I'd been around people and my friends, and we'd been going, 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 and then I settled into kind of that calmness of what is it like to just travel by yourself, and um, so it was it was all good. I mean, it was nice being. Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, it's just shot right out of my brain where I was spending the week. But Queenstown. Thank you. I was like, ah, Queenstown. Stayed stayed in an Airbnb and then every day went out and did some excursions. I did some hang gliding, um, which was just absolutely lovely. And did some amazing hikes with some amazing views. Did some jet boating. 
and spent some time with the family that I was actually having an Airbnb experience with, spent some time with them, going out to movies, having some dinners at home. And so again, coming back to that, nice to be really getting the full experience of the area and hearing things from where they're at in their lives and their their friends and what's going on in that area. So again, having that local presence was just really, really important. What an amazing journey you've been on, Tamara. I mean, really from the from the beginning of um, growing up, mm-hmm. you know, just having the the opportunity to um, you know get your feet wet, mm-hmm. test the waters a little bit, and yet at the same time have that kind of inner strength. It's that's so important. So after this trip, what's next? <laughs> well, I still haven't hit Vietnam, Thailand, and Australia. So those are my next ones on my short list. And I'm hoping to do potentially Australia at the end of this year or early next year. There will be plenty more motorcycling in my future this summer. Um, so I know that that's going to be coming. And then my next new foray is uh, doing some Airbnb out of my home to welcome other travelers and hear some of their stories. What a great idea. That way you can kind of give back. Yeah. Of your what you've been doing. Yes. What a lovely idea. Yeah. Well, okay. I want you to be careful out there on the road. Okay. Tamara, <laughs> always wear your helmet. I will. You take care. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And I don't know. You know, I feel more inspired myself that I can step out of this familiar zone mm-hmm. and do something different. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with Thanks us. Thanks again so much for having me. This was so much fun. I know. It's a blast. Well, when you after you do your next big trip, I'll have I'll you back, back on the show and Good. we can talk more about that. Well, thank you for listening. This is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Go out and have a great week. You know, maybe take a class. It doesn't have to be a motorcycle class, maybe a pottery class. But do something different. And remember, don't postpone joy. Roll.